0: Hello, hello, hello. I am Reverend Monika Bowman, and this is my dynamic co-host, Dr. Aisha Francis. Hello, hello, hello. And this is Chili Chili Grits Grits Podcast, Podcast. where we talk about all things Southern Saints and how it has impacted our lives here in the chilly Northeast, because y'all... It is chilly outside right it now.
1: Is, is. That <laughs> hawk is blowing.
0: Yes, yeah. so we're feeling the chilliness with our serving of grits in the morning these that days. Is, right. Yes. So, Aisha, what are we going to discuss? What Southern saying are we going to discuss today? today today's
1: saying is one that I think folks are familiar with. It's okay. A, an edict that was uh often said around my household, which is if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Or if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. Keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> guard your tongue. Guard your tongue. So this one is, you know, I think one that I came, um, became aware of more. So in my teen years, teen, preteen years, when the, you know, the sassiness and the back talking kind of um, became to reign supreme, which I think is age appropriate. But I'm sure. you know, Oh, we're going to get it. I'm sure we, we have tested. a couple of more years. <laughs> worked my mom's nerves, worked the family's nerves, and so in the mornings, in particular, were a time when we had the most stress in the household, just mm. trying to get out the house, you know, get to school on time, get to work on time, and and I just remember her being like, "If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Just you know, keep your peace, yeah." Right? And then maybe that will help us get through the mornings without um as much strife. So. Are you familiar with this? Thing?
0: I am. But I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. So you said teenage years. Yeah. I don't know if I have like a teenager in an eight, nine year old or maybe a three year old <laughs> because, you know, it's pretty
1: live at yeah. my house. Oh, it's, it has happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, what's the age range on this again? <laughs>
1: Well, what I remember is like I would say preteen teen. So I mean, we're getting to the twenties. I guess we're getting to the twenties. Uh,
0: I guess the three-year-old is picking up on the nine-year-old. Maybe yes, <laughs> maybe
1: you got a you got a little um, mini me walking around. You know, I think younger siblings often do that. Yes, replicate it. So, you know, the framing is I think and and what we're what we've been talking about, which I think is interesting, is uh, the the instances in which sayings have. I think one connotation in the household Mm. and another one outside of the household, right? So this can be, I think, um, an idiom that really helps keep the peace in the household, but in the workplace, in a professional setting, kind of runs counter to what it means to be, I think, in some ways, a leader, which is to say you... You gotta be comfortable saying things, hard truths. Yes. Right? Yeah. In in the workplace setting. Um, But when you've been raised, to make nice. Yes. Yes. Perpetually. Isn't
0: that just the South in general? Just make nice?
1: I kind of think it is. Yeah. But, you know, people might have other expectations or other, you know, encounters, but I think it is. Like you know, the, there's also Minnesota nice. Have you ever heard of that? Or mid, I have nice. Oh, yes. US Midwest nice. nice. Yes, I have. Yes. So we aren't, we, you know, aren't the only region in the U.S. that kind of lays claim to niceties and this but it, it can be a facade it can be a veneer yeah and it can also become like something that entraps you in mm-hmm. terms of not allowing you to have the full range of expression and possibilities uh, so I think it's been important to understand look how do you provide feedback how yes do you give uh, constructive criticism how do you coach in a way that doesn't you know crush folks gets to the point yeah yeah and I think I have overcorrected for a long time in that area you know almost trying to be too um, you know uh, too soft you know too dancing around the edges where it's like, listen, straight like, up the middle, know, Aisha. straight, judge, straight, let's just to get to point. it. <laughs> right. But it comes yes. from, you know, the, the kind of inculcation with sayings like this, which mm-hmm. is, you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Like, oh, okay. But in the household, again, one, one thing and one context in the workplace, a whole, is totally other. different. So, you know, hopefully it helped me to keep the peace. The other thing that we did and my mom would do is, um, and I should have looked up the scripture beforehand, but it got so bad that at one point, you know, almost when you were in school, you would have write-offs. Yeah, you know, write-offs yeah, are. yeah. Hopefully, y'all know what write-offs are. So, for I went to all different types of, of, of institutions for my education, but at one point, I was going to a uh, Baptist um, school, basically like a Baptist church that had a school, right? So, so we had a lot of write-offs, and so my mom got the idea that I should do a write-off related to my back talk. <laughs> <laughs> so the right up was the scripture. Um, let me see, can I remember it? Um Let the words of my mouth and the meditations meditations of my my heart heart be acceptable in in your sight. Oh, Lord, my My strength strength and redeemer. Yes. (laughs) And of course, the King James Version. So it's in my sight and all of this stuff. (laughs) So that was the one. She's like, well, if anybody who can remember this phrase, you know, remember this scripture, you cannot possibly say the things, you know, out of your mouth that you're saying. So you just need to remember this scripture and recite this scripture anytime you're, you're, you know, on the verge of of, uh, speaking ill. Anyhow, well, so okay, so I appreciate that version, because I got
0: another scripture in my community. Uh And it, it was a scripture that scared the daylights out of you. Okay. It was, children obey your parents for your days will be be long on on the earth. Earth." That's true. And so I literally, as a child, that saying was like in drilled in me. And I literally thought if I was rude to my parents that I would die. (laughs)
1: commandment though that's one of the yeah, ten yes. that makes it even worse right <laughs> listen okay so I have something similar so I didn't think that that it would come of me if I broke that commandment but you know the the children's game where um Step on a crack, you're breaking Mama's back. Yes, I used to think if I stepped on a crack, I would actually break my mother's <laughs> back. I thought that was horrible, and it was just like, how do you walk on the sidewalk without ever stepping yes. on a crack? <laughs> so
0: this should be a public service announcement, right? So tell your kids these all these sayings that you know we've grown up with—they have lovely places, and we laugh about them now. But it could be a little traumatizing Very
1: much so. you <laughs> never know what's for a, a
0: small mind. kid. Yeah. You you know for the saying if you don't have anything to say don't say anything at all I it it um it hits on me in two different ways one I have always been a person from like birth I just I was a talker mm-hmm. and I questioned and I challenged and there wasn't really a place for that in Southern culture mm-hmm. so you know I got a lot of women's right. <laughs>
1: We have not really hit on corporate funding oh, in Yeah, that's, uh, either, yeah yes. yes. Well, but, it happened, y'all. <laughs> I have talked to Miss Monica. Not about that. What about your, your your challenging personality? And when I say challenging, I don't mean challenging personality. Yes. But your personality, personality of to challenge challenging yes. authority and how she dealt yes. with that. And she was like, listen. When the phone was ringing, I was like, I know it's for Monica. <laughs>
0: So it was deep down in me. So I have to be patient with my own children because I know they get it naturally. So, but I always said to myself, or at least as an adult now, that that disposition was very challenging in childhood because I didn't know how to control it, but has served me very well as an adult. Mm -hmm. And so particularly with girls, I think that there's this tendency of niceness that gets placed um, from a gender perspective on girls in a way that it doesn't for men and you see those trajectories start to shift and change mm-hmm. um I even even with my my own daughter I saw at like a young age she was just like fearless you know but then as she got a little older I could just see some of that that was natural in yeah, her yeah. started to fade away um or at least kind of hide and mm-hmm. I'm praying that it comes back yeah not with me but yeah. <laughs>
1: In the appropriate
0: yes, yes, in the appropriate way. So that's one of those things that I've always like. When I heard the saying, I'm just like, oh, it would just I would roll my eyes because I always had something nice to say. But there's a difference between being nice and being direct.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: And. I think a lot of times, particularly when you're young, you really don't know how to control that. Mm-hmm. You know, as an adult, as I have learned how to control that in a way that um, allows me to bring people in instead of tear people down. Right. Um, but there are moments when I think that <sighs> that saying gets in the way mm-hmm. um, and I see it a lot. Um And I will give a disclaimer, this is my perspective and what I have witnessed (laughs) living in the city of Cambridge, um, mass, I, there are these moments when I see young people struggling. I've been very transparent. This is one of the first public places I ever talked about my learning difference Mm -hmm. of being dyslexic. And um, when you have a learning difference sometimes, and someone's struggling. There's a tendency to fall onto niceness instead of being able to be lovingly direct mm-hmm. with a young person in order to prepare them to be able to move forward. And I just, I see it all the time. And, you know, story for myself, I remember. Um when I was in graduate school. This is before like a lot of the technology was like built into phones and right. laptops. I'm dating myself, everyone. We were
1: not born <laughs> digital.
0: No, I came up with a typewriter just right. so we Me too. The word yes. process. The They're word the process. Word I brought that to college. I had one. Yeah, you know. Okay. But before all that stuff was there, if you were a person that had any type of um learning difference when it came to coding and decoding the world was very difficult for you and still to this day if you don't come from a place of privilege to be able to access right. the tools it's still hard. Um, but I remember um in graduate school as well as when I moved here for a job I had someone really sit me down and say "Manika, you are so dynamic and talented and charismatic and people are going to judge you very harshly by h- your how you write mm-hmm. right and it it i can't tell you how much it hurt me that the person said it but The person said it in the most loving way possible and the thing was she was absolutely right yeah it was the truth it was the truth it didn't feel good because it was wrapped in my own insecurities around being a professional with a learning difference and not having the support needed Um, at that time I was using Kurzweil you had to purchase it it cost like fifteen hundred dollars and this was when I wasn't really in a position to have that type of money to invest in that Um, But I'll never forget the words because it then pushed me to be able to say, okay, this is my truth. Mm -hmm. This is my reality. And I have to figure out a way. And so instead of me kind of doing what probably the average person does, like you just type up an email, maybe you read it once and you hit send, I knew I couldn't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot better now because the technological advances along the way, but at that time, I knew that I had to put in a different level of work in order for people to fully see me as the leader that I am. Um, and it was just a hard, difficult truth that I had to hear from someone that was really loving.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think it reminds me of, you know, some conversations that have been happening, I guess, in the public sphere about the difference between being nice and kind, Yeah, that nice. And nicety and nice, um, it, it is a confining identity. Yeah, for folks that is often placed more heavily that expectation for nice. Um, for being nice and making nice is more heavily placed on girls. Um, Absolutely. And I think, you know, you layer on that, the fact that, you know, that we're Southern. And yes. You know, also yes. There's another expectation of that, but being kind, it sounds like it's what was exhibited to you in, in that circumstance to be truthful, but kind. And so I've been thinking a lot about, Listen, what you need to aim for is to be kind. So if you have criticism, sandwich it. You know, mm. here's what's great. This isn't so great. Right. Here, he, Here's another thing that's awesome. Um, because that, A, it honestly helps me to be able to deliver um, messages. And, you know, people, we all, maybe not all, but a lot of people benefit and thrive um, from knowing where they're doing well. Yes. You know, and from understanding and hearing that specifically from leadership. And so I think that's something that I, I have been challenging myself to do a better job of. And then I think the other piece of this is, you know, realizing that regionalism is alive and well, but we also don't have, you know, a, a, a monopoly as Southerners on you know this, maybe as many sayings as we thought we did, right? Because, Absolutely. Because we learn them in the context in which we learn them. You know, it gives us a sense of ownership around them. But um, I'm I am recently uh, recently returned from um, a learning journey. I was in Montgomery, Alabama, and Selma with the ADL um, Aspen Institute Civil Society Fellowship. And so there were 22 of us on that experience. And one of the things from all over the, the nation, um, the coasts and the middle of the country, and I found it so really affirming to have conversations across difference with folks yeah, and to hear about how their perspectives have been shaped by regionalisms, because where we live is often not where we're from, mm-hmm. right, which is our case, Yeah, we're bringing... To this region, you know, an important part of ourselves, formative parts of our identity. And you know, the two of us completed our entire, you know, kind of first formal education in the South. And of course, we've yeah. done executive programs and leadership yes. programs like this particular fellowship since then. But you really, I think the imprint for me, the imprint of the first, you know, 30 years of life are huge. It's
0: quite significant. They're, it shapes every aspect of a person. Humongous. So yeah. Like,
1: I left the South in my late 20s. It's not like, and, and I think that additional decade, um, it for me has made a big difference. And so I think the conversations that we were having in Montgomery and in Selma in the context of being in the south mm. right was so for me empowering to be able to have like a little bit of um that that sense of Um, understanding of regionalism to draw on and to help people um, kind of enter into some of the the loaded conversations that were that we were having but you know to be able to talk across difference and to learn how to think about problem solving on the basis of trust I think also leads back to this conversation to this idiom because if you cannot figure out right how to engage with folks yeah. in a way where they can hear you. Yes. Because you're always just coming at them, right? With, yeah. With your yeah. hard truths. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yours. You yeah, yeah, it, it, it is true. true. It might be your truth. Yeah. And maybe it's something that they needed to hear. But people will tune you
0: out. No, it's true. And you then have to make determinations on how you redeem the institution, the situation or you just don't need to be there anymore because you're not effective. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and how do you remove yourself or how do you, how do you, how do you reimagine a space where, okay, you spoke your quote unquote, truth truth. and the truth didn't move anything. Mm -hmm. Like it, it didn't change a thing, you know? And like, I, you know, I, I struggled with that when I, I served because, um, you know, you, you, you go into these positions, whether that is a school committee or Congress or whatever elected role or whatever leadership role. But in the context of elected leadership, you go in because you want to have impact and you want to have change. Um, and a lot of that is like strategy, which we talked about in our last um, Chili Grits podcast mm-hmm. episode around being strategic. And I definitely had that. But There's also when you get to a point where you're like the voice crying out in the wilderness yes, and that's just a lonely, lonely place to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And it honestly, it makes me think about um, our ancestors because someone had to keep the narrative going in face of no one listening. Mm -hmm. And that got us to the point where we have the freedoms to sit and talk, you know, amongst each other here in Cambridge, Mass, you know, because we are not limited by law, um, because of the color of our skin. So someone has to keep saying it, even when it's uncomfortable. Um, But I think in leadership, it's like, okay, where do you draw those lines? How do you grow your skill set to understand nuance of when you need to keep, keep, keep at it, keep at it? Or when you just need to be quiet and figure out the more strategic way to yeah. approach the situation. Um, and I think that's the challenge with being a leader because I don't know if there's a right and wrong way in every situation mm-hmm. because it's really about trusting yourself to care for yourself after you have made the decision that you've come to make. Right. And I think that's a learned skill set in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people will give you commentary. Everybody is, what's that saying? Like Monday night quarterbacking yes. or coaching or, yeah. I'm not a football fan, yeah, y'all, but Monday yeah. Being a Monday night quarterback Okay, I-, I got Although, it right.
1: <laughs> now it's Monday night football, so maybe you could be a Tuesday night Tuesday night, right. right. <laughs>
0: so like in hindsight, everyone's going to tell you, well, you should have done it this way. But the reality is when you're in the moment, mm-hmm. when you're the leader, when you're the decision maker, you do the best that you can with the circumstances that you have. And so whenever we're Talking about the same, um, if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything at all. I just think it's all contextual, which I feel like that's my theme with Chili Chris Podcast.
1: <laughs> it depends on like, the context. Yeah, okay. it's context. Which, you know, when I was in seminary, all they talked about is context, is context, you know. Yes, context is is important and I think at it its bare bones, the whole point of to me of this phrase is to be able to really and another way that I read it is in my house, it's it's like anti-gossip, mm, right? You know, so that's sort of Yeah, yeah, that's don't, another don't thing. Don't be part yeah. of that. And so that's yeah. something that just keep yourself above the line, right? Yeah. Don't be, that is a place where you really don't ever have to say anything. That's you true. You don't ever have that's to true. engage. You do not have to participate. Right. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all, which, you know, so it was a little bit of the, listen, I understand you might be going through something, I might be going through something together, but you don't always have to speak on it. You really don't. Yeah. And I think it's that that gauge of knowing when to hold your tongue yeah you know, and, and knowing when not to but in the context of a gossip it's just at least the way i was like just don't do it just don't do it <laughs> just don't
0: do well, it I think like, like, so ever. there's like safe space yeah well, but every yeah. space ain't safe right. and most people don't know how to assess whether or not well i don't i shouldn't say most a lot of times you have to evolve and it takes nuance to know if the space is really safe enough for you to say x y and z yes
1: and you have to i was always taught you got to be willing to to understand that anything you say can and will come back to you oh it will whatever it is yes listen it's just out there once it has left your Your mouth mouth, that's a wrap (laughs) it's out there in the ether it could come back to you it could come back yes in the way that you said it it could come back you know contorted and twisted Absolutely. but it's done yeah. so i think between the trying to navigate you know the keeping the household peace and teaching about you know the 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 kind of i think um sort of minefield of gossip yeah. right this being careful about what you say and when and how yeah. is something that in general, I think has served me well now you yeah. know, moving into the professional space. Have I needed to push those limits and push those boundaries? Sure. But all in all, I've loved that. I have that kind of homespun, um, Sense of a code, right? yeah, a code of conduct, to, yeah. to fall back on. I'm comfortable with it, you yeah, know, in, in the grand scheme of things, and so you know, it's just one of my, one of my all time favorites. Well, Aisha, so I
0: had to learn the hard way, mm-hmm. you know, heart not life over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have said things I probably shouldn't, and <laughs> it has wrecked relationships and all the things, right? So, oh. so Aisha is Exhibit A. The way you should do it, <laughs> if you need to hear some stories that I'm not saying on this podcast. Find <laughs> yeah, later, there's, right? there's, your, well, I'll just say for people that have to, um, evolve and learn how to control themselves, there's redemption and there's a path <laughs> for
1: you. You can still be a great leader. Oh my God. <laughs> Of course, of course. So, you know, I think that's that's a wrap for today. But, yes. But um, it's a saying that I love. So um, thank you for sharing your your conversations and, and stories. And I hope that there is some things here that have uh, made you all think about when and where you choose to engage and say things that might be nice uh, or things that aren't.
0: Yeah. And there's redemption, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case you mess up. There's a little redemption, so yeah. Just learn, you learn, and you evolve, mm-hmm. you know, as you grow.
1: So, yeah, exactly. Well, that's another episode. Yeah, Chili Grizz podcast. podcast. We'll see you all for the next one.
0: See you next time. Bye.